If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First, it's free and everyone loves free. Second, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, which makes it very convenient. Third, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Finally, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So take a moment to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the show. This is your host, Tanisha Nicole. Thank you so much for joining me. I have a very, very, very special guest with me here today. Her name is Crystal Hadnot. For those of you who don't know her, you will know her in the next 30 minutes. And I'm going to talk to her a little bit about how I discovered her on Instagram, how how I fell in love with her book because I read it in a very short amount of time took a lot of notes, have a lot of highlighted parts in the book. And I'm going to talk to her about what she has going on now and how uh, we as the audience can currently support her. So please, everybody, give a warm welcome to the one and only Crystal Hadnot on Beyond the Bookshelf. Hello, Crystal. Hello. Thank you, Tanisha, for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome. So for those of you that don't know, um, I discover some people on Instagram. I discover other people on Facebook. Sometimes I run into people. People introduce me to other people. Uh, With Crystal, I actually discovered her and her book on Instagram earlier this year. Mm -hmm. I was scrolling through my Instagram feed not really sure how I got wind of your book, but <laughs> it popped up and I saw the marketing of it and I saw the promotion before the book actually even launched. Yes. And I thought that was incredible. And I was like, who is this crystal lady? So I decided that I wanted um, to look more into crystal, look more into her book. So during the very first episode of Beyond the Bookshelf that I had in January, I saw that crystal had a book signing that day. So I decided to go ahead and go up to the book signing after my show to meet her and really just get a copy of her book. So little did I know that I was going to meet an incredible spirit, beautiful person inside and out, and stay there for almost two hours in conversation with her (laughs) and a few other women. So it turned out to be a really incredible experience that one that I still cherish, I still value parts of those conversations that we did have. And that's how I discovered Miss Hadnot. So hello, Crystal. Thank you so much for joining me. And it's an honor and a privilege to have you here with me today. Thank you. Thank you're welcome. You. You're Thank welcome. You. So I'm going to go ahead and get into her backstory. For those of you that don't know, she has an incredible book. This is what it looks like. Um, it's called The Finish Line Was Just the Start. She is a runner, an athlete, an advocate. She's a lot of things. All good. <laughs> um, and she, I, I consider Crystal a powerhouse. So when people talk to me about her, they ask me, who is this Crystal lady? I said, dude, she is incredible. Like she is amazing <laughs> and and I'm not exaggerating oh my God. at all. I really do think that about you. So if you could please, for those of, for those of us, including myself, um, that didn't know anything 
about you. Can you please enlighten us and tell us who you are uh, and how you got here? Well, um, the athlete part, um, kind of, I've always been an athlete, not a runner. Uh, I was a tennis player. Uh, so that was always a part of who I was. Um, the advocate part of me have always been strong. Mm-hmm. Um, I come from a political career background where it started from me being engulfed in African policies, mm-hmm. um, international law and public policy, to me coming um, to the U.S. to focus strictly on public policies here. Mm-hmm. First started with doing political campaigns, um, had the awesome opportunity to work on some several major political campaigns, mm-hmm. including even one vice presidential election, right. which was pretty dope. Yeah. Um, and uh, from there became um, a government relations uh, individual as well as a lobbyist uh, and a professor of political science. Right. Uh, and so that was Crystal first career. Crystal's second career um, is Synergy Total Holistic Health and Wellness, which I say is a company I created based on experiences that I had in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, And so um, I tell people I became the accidental entrepreneur, literally. Um, Based on an accident that I had in my life where I was working um, as a lobbyist and slip and fell at work, uh, and lo and behold, ended up becoming paralyzed from hip to foot. Mm-hmm. Um, and from there, it went to Dr. Sand. I will always walk with a cane for the rest of my life to mm-hmm. me wanting to become a marathon runner to prove right. them wrong. Wow. And became a marathon runner and still was working in the same field, but never felt fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Um, and really didn't want people to experience the uh the pressures and the strains of going through therapy the way I did. Mm -hmm. So I started my business based on helping individuals have the services that they need um, to go through the therapeutic process that's necessary to be at their best or high performance level, Mm -hmm. not necessarily from from an athletic standpoint, but just living the best life they can as it relates to movement. Um, And so that was the creation of Synergy. Wow. And so that's where I am now. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Because I know when I started reading your story, I didn't know that you had a health and wellness business. Because I know that... For me, like years ago, I used to do yoga. I did a little Mm -hmm. bit of Pilates, focused mainly on yoga. Mm -hmm. And I know my mom, you know, has some issues. Yes. And uh, my mom would ask me, she was like, Tanisha, does Crystal teach yoga or Mm -hmm. does she do Pilates? I said, Mm -hmm. Mom, she focuses on yoga. She was like, okay, well, uh, I'm sorry, she focuses on more Pilates. Pilates. Mm -hmm. And my mom was like, well, do you think that she'll do yoga? And I'm like, Mom, I really don't know. (laughs) But... I know that she focuses on Pilates. People put them all the same. Yoga, Pilates, they're all the same. It's the same. And so I know that when I experienced Pilates, I always thought Pilates was much harder Mm -hmm. than yoga. Um, But I did try to do both at the same time. I don't know if you're supposed to do that or not. Well, yeah, they're complementary. So actually, yoga and Pilates, although people lump them into one category, they're two different forms of exercise mm-hmm. where they both they um together it creates 
a great synergy mm-hmm. once done together. Okay. Um, but they're separately, they're totally different forms of exercises, focus on totally different parts of your body gotcha. um, and come from different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Um, because they both include a mat a lot of times, mm-hmm. a lot of people put them the same. And there are some um, forms or of the exercise or different positions that are similar okay. in both. So people just like, well, I just saw him doing this mm-hmm. and they look the same. For instance, downward dog and elephant mm-hmm. are, they look the same um, in both exercises, but they really have different focuses. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, so there's a couple of different ways I could do this. So yes. I'm going to, I'm going to just talk to you a little bit about, being a runner if I could yes okay so can you tell us how you got to become a runner what is that backstory uh well like I said I was paralyzed and um or had paralysis which is temporary being paralyzed temporarily um well basically I had no movement but I had feeling so I tell people someone touched my leg I can feel it Uh but I couldn't move the leg wow um so that's kind of the difference between the two but um literally as I was laying on the couch um not able to move waiting for my next friend or whoever to come either you know bring me food um, to assist me to go to the restroom mm-hmm. um, because I could not no longer do that on my own. Um, I, I had all these thoughts in my head during that time because I had a lot of time to think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I was like, Lord, if I ever get an opportunity to get off this couch, I just want to move. Um, and um, funny part is that my mentor, a few years before when I was in Africa, he introduced me to running. Okay. Um, and we would get up every morning and run six miles from where we were living in the village to the Atlantic Ocean every morning. And um, he was a marathon runner. I was not a runner at all. And uh, But it's something about running that I found joy. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, I won't just run a 5K. I will run a marathon. This is going to be my goal. My mentor did it. And it was kind of like an oath to him Mm -hmm. and also a point to prove to myself that I can beat the odds that are put placed in front of me. Mm -hmm. And so that's how running became the thing that I did. And um, uh, so it went from, I tell people, from walking, putting one foot, literally one foot in front of the other, learning how to balance Mm -hmm. uh, without a cane (laughs) to run um, to, you know, keep trying over and over and over. And there was a real person that was instrumental in the process who, um, unfortunately, my mentor had passed away a few days after we returned from Africa. But he had a mentor right. at the park who was Marvin Taylor. And Mr. Taylor became my new mentor. Wow. Um, not even knowing that there was a connection between him and my mentor until much later. But um, he was like, if you said you're going to run this marathon, you got to do this. Now, here is Mr. Taylor in his late 70s, early 80s, telling me that, look, girl, you didn't say she was going to do this. And he was, like, blazing through there every morning, like, running. So I was like, I need to be able to at least – do part of what he's doing so it was very 
he was very um, encouraging with his words, but also with his movement to see that this guy, um, you know, at an age that most people would think you lack mobility, mm-hmm. was out there every day at Herman Park. Wow. Um, just doing it. And the cool part about it is now Memorial Park has named that trail after him. And really? he's still around is at he? the park. Wow. Uh, which is really cool. He's on a cane now, but he's still at the park on on a on the same bench. I'm so glad they didn't remove the bench when they did all the new construction. Um, you can see him at that same bench and sit and have conversation with Mr. Taylor any late morning around ten o'clock, eleven o'clock at wow. Herman Park. Wow. So yeah. So he was he was really the motivator for me and um, Dr. Jelani Williams, which was my mentor. So those two individuals were very instrumental to me becoming a runner. Wow, that's an incredible story. So uh, for those of you that don't know, there are some new stories that I hear when I when I have people on my show. Yes. <laughs> and that happened to be one of them because I didn't know that. Yes. Um, during the week when I do promotion for my upcoming guests, I discovered that Crystal knew another person that uh, I know named William Richardson. And so they were having this conversation, dialogue, uh, in the comments that I ended up seeing. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you guys know each other. How did that come to be? And so she was telling me a little bit of the backstory um, about that and Mm -hmm. Mr. Taylor. Mm -hmm. And uh, as she was talking right now, I just discovered more information that I did not. Yeah. So most people know Crystal, the runner who the marathon runner, Crystal, who they see at her at Memorial Park. Uh But most people don't know that my running started at Herman Park because Memorial Park was scary to me. Um, I was like, ooh, that's where the real runners go. So I was not, I was so scared to even attempt to even start running at Memorial Park. Um, but Herman Park was my training ground. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's so interesting. And the people who came across that trail, there was so many. William was one of them. Uh-huh. Um, where it was, it was so much more deeper than running. It was the stories that you shared with individuals. It was the community aspect that existed at Herman Park. And um, and it, it's, it's just having all these, it's like I had a whole new family when mm-hmm. I went to Herman Park and they really were my, my, my foundation. Wow. Yeah. So do they stay with you? So whenever, for every marathon that you run or everything that you do, do you have that family unit that still comes alongside of you and cheers you on and supports you? Yeah, so the cool part about it is I tell people, I kind of upgraded to Memorial (laughs) Park. I moved to the neighborhood. So I literally moved to the neighborhood 10 years ago so I could be close to the park. I've always now, for the last 10 years, lived no further than two miles away from the park. Wow. So it could be accessible to me. But I found that same sense of community at um at memorial park okay which was really cool because one thing about runners we might not even know each other names mm-hmm. which and I'm like william i didn't know his name until we got to facebook mm-hmm. and i had many conversations with him mm-hmm. but you will know their whole story you will know everything about them and they will really become family to you um, so it's just that sense of community amongst runners that is so amazing. 
So whether I'm at a race, I have always a family of supporters, whether they're runners or non-runners. Uh, here in Houston, if I'm running a race, my brother and sister-in-law and my cousins and my friends are always at the finish line to cheer me on. My mom was also one who was always there at the finish line to cheer me on um, up until 20, um, 2012. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, really 2011, because 2012, she was too sick to really come to my last, the last marathon before her death. But I still bring her along with me with my pearl necklace and my red lipstick. So I always have a cheering team along with me. And now with technology, Facebook Live, mm-hmm. Instagram stories allow you to bring in a whole new set of community, um, which I found in the last several years to be so awesome that there's a group of people who have been inspired to run themselves simply by seeing me put myself out there on various social media channels. So that's been a whole nother set of family that mm-hmm. I've collected along the way. Wow. Okay. Um, can we talk about your mom? Yes, we can talk about okay. my mother. So for those of you that don't know, I'm going to tell you my personal connection to Crystal's story with her mom. Uh, my mom has stage four breast cancer. Most of you know that, my audience, and some of you don't. But um, I'm relentless when it comes to my mom and her health and her, I call it a condition. Uh, last week, I had an opportunity to meet jo- Pastor John Gray at a book signing. He prayed for my mom on the spot. It was very important to me. And he mm-hmm. did say, you know, I admire you for being relentless yes. with your mom. And when I first met Crystal at her book signing, we talked a little bit about her mom because she had posted uh, on Instagram Um, And it's something that I saw in passing, Mm -hmm. actually. I was at school, I was at work one day, and I saw your post about your mom, and it made me really scared for my own mother, Mm -hmm. who I find to be very close to me, and I'm my mom's first child, and my mom could see a lot of gifts and talents in me as a child that I've now come to prove correct to her. So my connection with Crystal goes beyond her book, I do feel a connection with her and the story that she has with her mom and the story that I have with my mom. And if we could talk a little bit about your mom, because I know that I'm sure your mom saw gifts and talents within you as a child, as a teenager, as a, Mm -hmm. you know, woman. And how did she affect the way that you live today? If we could talk about that. Yeah. So um, I tell people um, now there's, crystal before my mom passed away Mm -hmm. and as a crystal after my mom passed away because when you experience the loss of a parent um you change yeah uh and that's just it um into um the end of it but but, um my mom i i'm the daughter the only daughter between two boys okay um so there was always an interesting connection between me and my mother being the only daughter um we were polar opposites okay (laughs) (laughs) uh uh but the crazy part about it uh crystal point two after her death Uh uh, i realized that there's so many qualities that that we have in common Uh and i'm becoming my mother okay so interesting yeah um but uh initially we were just different like my mom was like she she followed all the rules. I broke all the rules. Mm-hmm. She did things very conservatively. I was very liberal about things and was ready to go against the grain mm-hmm. with everything that I did. And But the great part about it is that my mom championed it. 
it may not have been her style. It may not have been something that she would have done. But she always 110% supported me in it, mm-hmm. uh, which I looked at as always such an amazing factor for me. Yeah. Because she'd be like, girl, I don't know what this is. I don't know what you're going to do, but I'm there. Okay. Yeah. And I know you're going to do well. And that to me was super important because even when it's something that she didn't even agree with, mm-hmm. it was one point where my mom was like, girl, I don't know why you're running. I, I don't like it, but I'm there. And so it for, to me, she was always that number one cheerleader for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, like any mother-daughter relationship, you know, you go through your teens and your early 20s, you probably beef with your mom mm-hmm. because – I mean, it's just this, like, you're growing up and mm-hmm. your mom already been there and she's trying to tell you, which you find out years later that she was right. Yeah. Um, but uh, but there was one thing my mom always did is that because I was probably the wild child, mm-hmm. um, not wild compared to my brothers, but I was very um, out there and willing to, you know, just go against the grain all the time. She never would have face-to-face conversations with me. She wrote notes. Really? Uh, she wrote notes. She gave cards um, about something that she might have thought that I wouldn't accept it well as wow. far as advice. I still have those cards to today, wow. which I have now posted um, in my meditation room. Uh-huh. So I literally have handwritten notes from my mom. Wow. Uh, so she wrote these, and I don't even know why I kept the notes. Some of them, you know, it's just like, I don't know, they stuck with me. And so she would write notes in... Um, I would. I used to think they were so crazy. I was mm-hmm. like, "Why you write these notes?" And they would be, you know, just like words of advice. And the great part about it is now, although my mom is not here with me, mm-hmm. I still have those words right. in her writing wow. that I revisit when I need them. Um, as like she's still here with me, yeah. Because the words that she shared with me can be so transferable to things that I'm going through today. Right. Um, so it was just an amazing factor that I tell people, even in death, I still have my mother. Right. Uh, and so that was like one thing that I really always cherished about her. Um, is that she always had a way of leaving her mark. Mm-hmm. And I said that if if I could halfway do the things she did and leave a mark. So that's why it's really important that I'm very intentional about everything that I do mm-hmm. as far as my business, um, being upfront and personal about my story and, and placing it in this book for others to read and share, but just making sure that I leave a mark just the way my mom did. Wow, that's incredible. I didn't. I, yeah. I didn't know about the notes. That's yes. amazing. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So when it comes to the book and when mm-hmm. it comes to the story, um, I've read this book. I love this book. I flagged this book. I have <laughs> highlighted this book. I carry the bookmark that I got from you <laughs> everywhere. I put it in every other book that I read. And um, I think it's an incredible, incredible, incredible story. And one thing that I know that some people – didn't know about you is that you also have Graves 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 disease. disease. Mm -hmm. So how, what what is Graves disease? So Graves disease is an autoimmune disease. Um, I I, I go to describe it very similar to 
a lot of people know what lupus is. Right. Lupus is an autoimmune disease. Uh Uh-huh. So Graves' disease is one of several autoimmune diseases. There's rheumatoid arthritis. There's um, lupus. Those those are the, there's Hashimoto's. There's very, very different variations of, of autoimmune disease. But basically, uh, with Graves' disease, um, it starts off as um, my, it's a thyroid condition. So where most people have a normal metabolism, uh, my body metabolizes at a higher, faster rate. So I have hyperthyroidism, where basically my body is um, overactive. Mm-hmm. Um, most people are like, oh, that's great. That means you'll never gain weight. Um, but what that means is that, you know, things from your body not processing food properly to where you're not holding on to nutrients because your body is going straight through your system to um, a lot of people don't understand when your thyroid is out of whack. Also, that means um, that your thyroid, I didn't know this, your mm-hmm. thyroid literally controls almost every aspect of your body. Really? Yes. So when it is out of whack, you're, the symptoms are so vast, and that's why a lot of people, it's hard for people to understand because the symptoms become so vast to where um, they can display as muscle loss is the number one symptom that everyone with Graves' disease has. And when you say muscle loss, that can be muscle loss in your hands where I can no longer grip things the way I need to grip things. It could be muscle loss in your eyes, what well, a lot of people know about that, where your eyes bulge out. Mm-hmm. Um, muscle loss in your legs and your body. And with me as a runner, that's like very important um, because the first time I, I had lost 20 pounds of muscle, um, so it could be muscle loss. It could be muscle as it relates to your heart, um, which a lot of people forget that the heart is a muscle. Mm-hmm. And so for me, um, and it also affects uh, when you have, when your heart rate is higher and all that, it overworks your heart. So wow. you can go into heart failure. You can go into having high blood pressure because uh-huh. of it. So Graves' disease just totally throws your body out of whack. Wow. Where basically your body is thinking that everything that's happening is basically because your body is is self-protected your immune system is designed to protect you from bacteria protect you from different things where basically my body is on attack mode constantly so my body thinks that everything is attacking me so it's like it's it's basically on auto set auto so it's like autoimmune set all the time. Like it's always trying to combat or fight. So my body, um, I have some days where it's just pure exhaustion, mm-hmm. but also your thyroid is attached to a brain, your brain and the chemicals in your brain. So it can lead to anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like all these various symptoms that, you know, every day is different. Yeah. So I wake up, I'm not sure what that day may look like or what that day may give or I can be good for several months Mm -hmm. and go into what they call a thyroid storm where everything goes out of whack and so it's just this constant state of trying to figure out not stress the body out because that's the biggest key is not stressing your body out which Uh you know is really hard when you're an active person or when you're an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. not stressing the body out but also being careful about taking in a lot of inflammatory foods because mm-hmm. those kind of astrobate the symptoms that take place during Graves' disease. Wow. So, yeah. It's, it can be scary. Yeah. It can be scary. Do you, do you watch Wendy Williams? Did you know when she so, was going through yeah, that? Yeah, so the Wendy, back in October, I tell people it was so funny because 
when she fell, Mm -hmm. I had that same fall. So it triggered something in my head because before I was diagnosed, I passed out twice in my Pilates studio. (laughs) And for me, I was like, oh, I'm just working too many hours and overworking. I didn't think anything of it. And uh, though that fall, it's not like when you pass out, you drop and you fall. It's like you're dizzy. You're not trying to figure out. You can't really figure out what's going on. It's like everything kind of goes a little blurry because your sight is affected because that's a muscle. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like this, it's like a slow fall. So it's mm-hmm. more like a you're rocking and you're trying to figure out what's happening to your body before you actually drop. Wow. So that was very familiar to me when uh-huh. I saw that on William Williams. So, but then I started paying attention to other things. Yeah. Because she had had a lot of extreme weight loss here lately. Yeah. That's one of the symptoms. She has the bulging eyes. That's one of the symptoms. Her garter is always swollen. A lot of people always talked about her neck, uh-huh. but not understanding that your garter swells. Wow. So it may look like, for a female, it may look like a man a little bit. Uh-huh. So just seeing just all these various symptoms and knowing that she is a high, strong, successful woman who goes through stress because she works. She's a worker bee. She is. So just understanding those qualities um, about her and the characteristics and watching it, I knew that those things were familiar. Wow. And so it was so important that she also disclosed it because Uh um, it's something that people don't discuss often um, and don't want to talk about. And rightfully so, at fear that people may judge you mm-hmm. or handle you different because mm-hmm. they're like, "Ooh, she has these. She might not be able to can handle that." Mm-hmm. Um, so, rightfully so, she, you know, is very cautious about disclosing that kind of information. But um, she's been dealing with hypothyroidism, Graves' disease for over a decade. Wow. Yeah. So it's not something that was new to her. Yeah. It's just got to the point where the doctor's like, you got to sit down because it's basically their diagnosis is to sit down somewhere because your body goes into overdrive and you just have to rest it for a long period of time. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, cause when, cause I know that when I saw it on TV, I didn't see it live, but I mm-hmm. heard about it after the fact. When I saw it, I had no, no idea mm-hmm. or anything. And then I saw that you had talked about it. I think you were on Channel 2, yes. maybe. And I that's when I made the connection. I'm like, oh, my God, that's what that is. Or mm-hmm. that's what that starts to look like yeah. when it's happening. So um, I think that to a viewing public, not really knowing, mm-hmm. you know, and then have somebody that you follow, like I follow you mm-hmm. on Instagram, Facebook, stuff like that, and then kind of seeing your story and, and looking at the parallels between mm-hmm. your story, her story, and what that actually looks like is pretty um, interesting, to yes. say the least. So what I want to talk to you a little bit about now is, I know we 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 talked about the backstory mm-hmm. of this book. Um, do you think that you have another book in you are you working on something else can you share I that am, information and crazily enough stressful overworker um, <laughs> i am working on several projects at the same time okay <laughs> so um i am working on and it's things that i have been playing around before the thought of this book even came about this book was li- is literally my journal um and parts of it people who have read it or haven't read it um People may be like, girl, it's some 
it's some grammar corrections that need to happen in here. But what they don't know is that I literally wanted to leave it unedited mm-hmm. because it was my journal. Mm-hmm. And so purposely, there are eras in the book. So this was really my journal who really uh, my therapist at the time kind of helped pull that out of me to she told me that I needed to work on my throat chakra which is the you know speaking Mm -hmm. my power Mm -hmm. and telling my story and told me that that would be very healing for me and I was like okay I guess I'll come out with this book you know so the book was that for me but um, prior to that I was working on um, just taking jotting notes because I have had these different worlds and a lot of my roles have collided and a lot of people are like, oh my God, you've been here, 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 and there. Uh-huh. But I told them that there were some central uh, principles that were transferable in all of my worlds. Right. And so um, I was working on like kind of outlining what are those central tenets mm-hmm. that have carried me in each one of my careers or phases of my life. And there are four principles, and those four principles are hatitudes. Kind of play on my name, yeah. hat not, but the hatitudes, which are um, is one book that I'm coming out with. So really, hatitudes is one book, and the other book, which was so awesome after this book and meeting other women, telling me and sharing with their stories, uh, I'm working on a book called Behind the Pretty. Um, And it's really based on the 40 days, 40 nights from the Bible, where I'm really highlighting 40 women telling their story. Wow. So Behind the Pretty is really highlighting, you know, people see the Instagram, the Mm -hmm. Facebook version of you, Mm -hmm. but they don't know what's behind all that. Right. So it's really highlighting these 40 women and their stories and showing you what's behind the pretty. Wow. So those are two projects that I'm actually working on right now. That's incredible. Yeah, so. And I, again, guys, I didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't, yeah. I didn't know about that. There's a third one, too. But, uh, <laughs> I was like, I might just give it two. But there's a third one, too. So the third one is really um, a book that um, is uh, based on really what my business is. And this, um, the tagline of my business has been always movement heals um, because I found a lot of healing and movement and uh, being the PhD student researcher that I am. Mm -hmm. Of course, I've looked at several literature articles and basically there's so many studies that shows that the mind-body connection is super strong and that with simple movement, you can heal your, you can heal your mind. And so, um, or you can kill your mind and kill your body by Mm -hmm. being still. Mm -hmm. So um, that's the next book that's coming out. Um, that I'm super excited about. So it's really uh, talking about movement heals, idleness kills. Um, and so I'm excited about that. Wow. Do you have any release dates? No. So yes and no. Okay. Um, so Behind the Pretty will come out. Um, I'm coming out with that uh, next year okay. in March. Kind of Women's History Month to mm-hmm. kind of like combat and really talk about Women's History Month and kind of just empower women. Um, Hattitudes. I'm not really sure. Fall this year or early next year. Okay. Uh, and the other one, same timeline because I'm literally as – the way I write, um, it's the same way I tell people I wrote my dissertation, <laughs> is that I literally, it's like when those thoughts come to uh-huh. me, they may not come in like a certain direct order. I may I may be writing chapter three of one book and go back and write chapter one. 
So it's really like when those thoughts come to me and they're genuine Uh or I have an aha moment, I sit and I spend that time writing that thought down. So it's not like, oh, two days a week Uh for two hours, I'm dedicating time on this because with each thing I write, just like with my memoir, I want it to be very authentic. Mm -hmm. So when those moments come to me, when those aha moments and thoughts come to me, that's when I write. Gotcha. I may go a whole week without writing. Mm-hmm. It may be one week where I write every night. Mm-hmm. So it's just it just depends. So the release dates are kind of up in the air. Gotcha. That makes sense. That yeah. makes sense. Well, before we wrap up, what I ask all my authors and all my guests is how can we support you? Is there anything that we can do currently in the near future that can support you, your business, whatever you're, whatever it is that you're working on? How can we be a support and benefit to you? Uh, well, uh, of course, I have my business. So if you know anybody that's going through chronic pain or having um, issues with moving at their potential, and that's what I tell people, they, you're not necessarily injured. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's like, look, I'm just stiff. Yeah. So um, basically, my business kind of focus on therapy surrounded by people you know, living their best life through peak performance, Mm -hmm. not necessarily being an athlete, but just moving at your movement potential because we know that 75% of the people lose their their full mobility by age of 40. So really uh, coming to the business, supporting that from that aspect. Um, Also, uh, and, and, and that's done through nutrition, and a couple other therapies like muscle stimulation therapy, the Pilates reformer machine, mm-hmm. et cetera. Um, also, purchase a book. You know, uh, the book is uh, can be purchased at crystalhadnot.com or go directly to the finish line was just the start mm-hmm. website to be purchased. Um, it's also on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so purchase a book. Uh, I always tell people they can also support me just by joining the movement to teach others to move. Um, because I'm really big on healing through movement. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that helps me get my word out that I preach every day. And uh, next month is uh, Pilates is the basis to the therapy that I use with my clients. And not next month on May 5th is Pilates Day. So okay. we're going to have some fun activities yeah. for the public that um, Saturday will be a free event that we actually do that Saturday with the public where we will be having Pilates out at Memorial Park for anyone to come and join. But we'll also end the Pilates with yoga. Okay. Yay. And we'll have <laughs> BeFit Foods providing us with brunch. Good so deal. it'll be brunch on your mat and after you work out. Um, and yeah, it's just teaching people to move. That's incredible, Crystal. Thank you so much. It has been a pleasure, everybody. Thank you. thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Crystal Hadnot, for coming on the show. It's been a it's been a pleasure. It's been an honor. I am inspired by you. Oh, thank you for having me. You're welcome. Bye. Bye, everybody.